Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. When you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about your out-of-pocket costs. That can be a lot of money. But are your bills accurate? It's estimated over 50% of medical bills contain errors. HealthLock can help. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. To save, visit HealthLock.com today. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Hello and welcome to another edition of Nerdificent. I'm one half of your host, Danny Fernandez, and sitting across from me is... Wadiway, how are you doing? We have another person here with us. Yes. He is a comedian. He has a new special called Dog Stepfather. You can actually watch it for free on YouTube right now. Has thousands and thousands of views. And that is our friend Mark Ellis. Hello, team. Hey, how's it going? How's uh, how's my voice sounding after our Are you trying to okay? Check? Mark is actively <laughs> very far away from the mic because he has a radio voice and it booms. I feel like everybody. If if it, here, I, talk normal. You, you can talk into the mic. This is this is me talking into the mic. And I feel like if I have this amazing radio voice and we're doing a podcast, I feel like everybody else should have to adjust to me. But I always find myself. Making the adjustment. So does that sound good in your ears? Am I blowing? Am I blowing no, your lobes? Nobody up? will know what you're talking about because the engineer, like Zachary, he's going to adjust the sound. So it, it, to them, it'll just sound normal. I feel like it's it's that senioritis everyone gets right before Thanksgiving. We all know we shouldn't be working right now. Yeah, it's that like you're just about to take a nice long break for for holidays, plural. Whether yeah. it's like Thanksgiving or Christmas, then you got a little bit of work wedged in between there, but a all lot right. of like parties and stuff too. So okay. everybody's preparing to put on ten to fifteen pounds. Yes, I mean. Uh, are you traveling for Thanksgiving? Traveling for Thanksgiving, going to Florida for Christmas, going to Virginia, amongst other places. I might wedge a Seattle in there. Ooh. I'm doing a college in Wisconsin okay. in the middle of December. Ooh. I'm worried about renting a car and driving in the snow and yeah. all that stuff. So it's the, you know, the special's doing great. And now I'm just working on the next one. And in order to do that, in order to hone that new hour, sometimes you got to go to Wisconsin Stevens Point in December. <laughs> Shout out all my Wisconsin Stevens Point listeners. Yeah. Now they're hyped. They're on the middle like, yeah. I'm just, it's one of those things where like you look at a map and clearly I can't fly right into Wisconsin Stevens Point yeah. because they have like a little municipal airport where like 
Harrison Ford would fly his World War II planes out of. Yeah. So I need to either land in Milwaukee or Minneapolis and rent a car and drive like three hours. So mm. a lot of look, kids, it, it, comedy isn't all it, just being adored on stage and standing ovations. A lot of it is renting a car. Oh yeah. I mean, I was thinking of Seattle soon too. We should we should go together. That'd be fun. Seattle's yeah. a great, yeah. great place for stand up. Lots of lots of coffee. Um, coffee, fish, and it's a great place for Halloween. No, I went really. trick or treating in Halloween, in Halloween, on <laughs> Halloween in Seattle because my niece, it, my niece lives up there, as does her parents and uh, my my little nephew now, and she wanted everybody to be Harry Potter characters yeah. for Halloween, and so she's she she looked at me and she like took a pause, like she was building up this thing. She's like, Uncle Mark, I want you to be Harry. And I'm wow. like, oh, that's you got, I, you got the lead role. I just because got you have knighted. a baby face. As soon as I put the glasses, so so you know, I have friends like work at Warner Brothers and stuff. So mm-hmm. I I have like the real stuff. I have like a real Gryffindor mm-hmm. robe and like the glasses. As soon as I put the glasses on, it's like, damn, I look like, I I look like the, I look like Harry Potter. Like after he he hasn't cast a spell in about 15, 20 years. Yeah, you know, he's still wearing his Gryffindor robe. Like it's his varsity jacket from high school and. <laughs> Still trying to get into all the cool college parties. Oh, yeah. That, that's, that's the Harry Potter I am, but I pulled it off in, uh, in Seattle at a raging, raging downtown Halloween party. Ooh, great. Crazy. My- How'd your niece like it? Did she do a keg stand? <laughs> she was so high on sugar that night. <laughs> that I, that I, but I did get to negotiate with her. I, I got a, uh, I believe I got a Snickers out. I haven't had a Snickers in like 10 years. And God, it's just, it's the goat. Snickers yeah. is the goat of... Of candy, so thanks for having me on to talk about that, guys. Yeah, uh, Mark, we've been starting out our show with what you're geeking out about. Do you know um, what you're geeking out about this week? I, I do. I want y'all to go first. Sure. I think I said Baby Yoda last week, but the yeah. Baby Yoda fever has just gone out the wall. Put I call him Baby Yodi uh, around the house, and um, <laughs> people have tagged me in so much Yodi art and. Uh, the memes and I just can't like there's I screen captured um him like when they're pulling him away and he's like making this little crying sound and I've watched it like 40 <laughs> times it's a problem it's a problem um Yodi is also the nickname of uh Mark Riley legendary yeah, you told me that. competitor so he <laughs> goes by Yodi because we had someone on our show and and she didn't know that he was doing a Yoda impression so she said Yodi so that name stuck and now we have Baby Yodi. I call him Baby Yodito. That's little, <laughs> little Yodi. Little Yodi? Y- little Yoda, uh-huh. If I give you the choice right now, you can uh, you can either have a Baby Yodi around the house or you can keep Molly. He, This man, okay, so Mark's special is called Dog Stepfather because he's the stepfather of my dog. I keep trying to explain to him that he's just the dad of my dog, that there is no other man. So he was just the stepdad. I mean, you're not the stepdad, you're the dad, but he likes it better. I think it's, you're not, you don't have as much responsibility. Yeah, I'm I'm a little bit of a, if if I was a direct dad, I'd be like a deadbeat dad to Molly. But as the stepdad, I think I'm like, you know, I come in at the right time and and she's always happy to see me. Anyways, but what I, I was when you really look at we're all stepfathers of like we're all stepfathers and mothers. like nobody actually had gave birth to a 
to a vet. Okay, this has gotten off the walls. What I was going to say is Mark and I dated years ago. My dog thinks oh, that's, that it's... Oh, I knew you looked familiar. My dog thinks that that's her dad is Mark. Um, But wait, oh yeah, and, and ever since then he's been trying to get her by like, hey, I'll give you this if you give me the, do- the adoption papers. I've offered some nice trade bait for Molly and it seems like, you know, I'm, I'm this close if. I'm uh, this close. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's all about the art and the deal. The, <laughs> the art of the deal, you know? Wait, I didn't, so Baby Yoda, I think I said last week, uh, this week, this week, I'm actually, I can't remember if I said this, but um, I'm actually on the CW this weekend. You can Woo! watch me this Sunday yeah. after Supergirl. So they're doing Crisis on Infinite Earths. So it's like a big crossover between all the CW superhero shows. Kevin Smith is hosting an after show. We have a bunch of guests. Uh, some people canonically involved in uh, this, in uh, DC. That was such a perfect use of the word. I can't even say it. Canonically? Canonically, It's one of my favorite words. Um, But yeah, people that are going to pop up from other DC franchises uh, will be there. So anyways, you can watch me uh, this Sunday at 8 p.m. or after Supergirl. So there you go. That's what I'm geeking out about, Mark. Oh, you wanted Ify. Ify, what are you geeking out about? I need to see what my competition is before I give away mine. I'm geeking out about the uh, game that was released called Jedi Fallen Order. It's a it's a new EA game. It's super fun. You play. It's uh, takes place between. Uh, I guess uh, which which movies would that be? Mark? I believe it is after Revenge of the Sith. Yeah, but, but because it's the like Empire has fallen. The oh wait, the Empire's fallen. No, no, no. The Empire has risen. Yeah, I think risen. The, the Empire's risen, and and they, the Republic has fallen. They initiated Order sixty six yeah. to execute all the Jedi, and then now that's carried out to the rest of the galaxy. Mm-hmm. So it's like all these Jedi are kind of on the run. Yeah, and so you're playing one Jedi who's been laying low until uh, he kind of is discovered, and now he has to reconnect with the Force to try and create the new generation of Jedi, which is interesting because like. I've seen the other movies, so we kind of know how <laughs> this is all going to shake out, right? I always or, give myself the like, well, the galaxy is so big. I know. That maybe this maybe the same story that we see in Star Wars, the classic trilogy, yeah. is also happening in some other corner of the galaxy. Well, also, like, the way I look at it, too, is like, you know, we're about to get the last movie. These all are coming out. So anything, like... From the Mandalorian series, this could be dropping some new information that's going to be like played out in the final movie. So who knows? I'm on record. If we got Baby Yoda in the Mandalorian, I want Baby Emperor Palpatine. And that's the one that's doing the laugh. And I want a Baby Yoda versus Baby Palpatine show off. And that's the the end of Someone did Baby Thanos and I hate it. It's so ugly. (laughs) I hate it. Someone sent me a a picture of a sonogram of Emperor Palpatine. And so you can like see his... (laughs) The sonogram. It's just like we are sick and, people, and we're only in the no pun intended infancy of all of this this yeah. other kind of baby Star Wars stuff. So oh, yeah. buckle your safety belts. It's good. I know be good. it's like the baby Muppets, but for Star Wars. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, Nanny is the is the is the actual villain of the universe. <laughs> um, so the thing I'm geeking out about is like I know a lot of you gamers are going to side with Iffy on this and say. Oh, Jedi Fallen Order. That's the video game everybody needs to play. I went I went a different route. I went back to uh, my roots and the roots of video games in general. I downloaded Desert Golf from the App Store for $2. Let me tell you about a great way to kill 10 minutes, to kill three hours. If you're on an airplane, this requires no uh, Wi-Fi. It's just golf, and it never ends. It never resets. You just You just keep playing holes in the desert 
forever. Oh wow! And I keep because I'm such a uh, like a, like a nerd about sports and stats. I it's like I'm playing tournaments, so I keep my four round score and I'm writing it down in my notes section. So <laughs> I record everything. And uh, if you want a great way to uh, to waste time and get and it gets a little addictive, but it's also just like a fun way if you're at the dentist office or if. You are on a cross-country flight, or maybe you're going to Wisconsin-Stevens Point, and you yeah. need to kill some time during a weather delay. Download the Desert Golf app. It's like a two-dollar one-time purchase, and it is a lifetime of yeah, enjoyment. I'm, I'm playing a different golf app. It's like a mini golf app, but it's from Mini Clip, which took takes me back because that was mm-hmm. the flash site that I used to play in high school. Yeah. But another classic game that's on the iPhone that you can download is Mist. Is it? Yeah, MYST is available. Yeah, MYST. It's available on the App Store, and I'm stuck all over again. (laughs) So I'm not going to beat this either. Yeah, I remember playing Mist and being like, like, that might have been the game where it's like, look, thinking's really hard. (laughs) Yeah. And I'd rather just like rescue a princess. Yeah. Can I tell you, I've been secretly laughing over here since you made the Muppets reference Mm -hmm. because I remember sending you a tweet last week that was a Muppets tweet, and you didn't get it. And then I read it out loud to you and just laughed for five minutes. I, I got it. You didn't think it was funny. I, I it's, it's not that I didn't think it was funny. It's just that this thing had like 30 million retweets. And I'm like, I just. The tweet was. It's hard for me to understand why it caught fire. It's not disparaging the tweet. I just like. Ify, I'll read it to you. The tweet was, I hate the Muppets because of the pig girl. She was disgusting. I hate her with my life. She doesn't leave the lizard alone. <laughs> <laughs> And Mark was like, I don't get it. <laughs> I, I, I just thought that there was some other thing that I was missing, which is the why this girl. has so many. She doesn't leave the lizard alone. <laughs> it's funny. It's funny. Anyways, we're talking about Magic the Gathering, everyone. Uh, Mark, this is something near and dear to your heart as you have very expensive Magic the Gathering cards. Yeah, I was going to say it's near and dear to my heart and my wallet. I'm just I'm waiting for the right time to to offload all of these uh, priceless artifacts. Um, but with Magic the Gathering, I mean, I my love affair with Magic the Gathering started in the mid-90s when my little brother introduced me to it at my dad's office after school. And from there, I just like, I've always been obsessed with it. I don't play it that much anymore, but it's just one of those things where I just love so many elements about the game. Let me just tell people a little bit about it before we hop into how you got into it. I could it. do this for an hour by myself. Yeah. Really? Do you know who created here. Magic the Gathering? Dr. Richard uh-huh. Garfield. You're correct, Mark. Yeah, and it was in 1993. I I would have sworn that it was before then. Yeah, he's It just a feels doctor. like it's been around for so long. It just yeah. it's always been yeah. it's always been a thing and and I didn't realize at the time how much on the ground floor. I was I kind of got in on like the second floor of Magic the Gathering. Yeah, I got in on like the fourth. Yeah. Because I got in in like the late late ninety four, I think. Okay, was yeah, when way third edition me. revised. Wow, you're like early. Had come out. Um, that's a very nice way of saying I'm older than you. That's, well, a lot of people listening yeah. might not have been born then. Um, well, hello, listener. Thanks for your patronage. Please help support the fund to get me into a retirement community. Um, actually, I don't need your help because I have all these Magic the Gathering cards that are yeah, probably just going to wait yeah. and cash in. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it, it was around that time, and so there were there were kind of three and a half editions that had come out. There was Alpha, which uh, which is known for the Black Border, um, and a, a different kind of cut of card, and those are like kind of priceless at this point. Then you had Beta, which are some in existence. Then you had Unlimited series, and then Third Edition Revised was. The one that took it to another level, but even those cards are worth 
a crap ton of money now. Yeah. So this is kind of wild because, yeah, so it um, over the last 25 years, the franchise has exploded. Digital games, novels. Who's mm-hmm. reading Magic Gathering novels? Oh, yeah. man. Lots of people. They well, had a partnership yeah. with My Little Pony. $1,000 prize tournaments. Don't know why you're not in that, Mark. 20 million players worldwide. 20 billion cards in circulation. That's why. There's so many play- Those things yeah. are so competitive now. Like I oh, was yeah. always a pretty good player of the game. I love the strategy of it, but yeah. I was never a great like in my local comic book shop. They had Magic the Gathering tournaments like once every two months or so, mm-hmm. and it usually ended up being me in the finals against my buddy Doug. And Doug <laughs> beat me every time. This is your little town in Virginia. This is the this is Williamsburg, Virginia. Yeah. I mean, and what's Doug colonial, up to now? Colonial Williamsburg. The Colonial Williamsburg <laughs> the Gathering. Invitational. You're just like playing by candlelight. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, we we had to ride in a carriage to get there. Uh, Doug is Doug's doing well. He lived out here for a little bit. He's actually the Doug whose couch I slept on for three months when I moved to LA. Damn, so, he has, so he's had you beat for a long time. <laughs> so wow, he's had you one beat. leg up on me. Yeah, if you only knew the half of it, Iffy. But so I made it to the finals a bunch. So like in the '90s, like the joke was I was the Buffalo Bills of Magic the Gathering. Uh-huh. So I could get to the Super Bowl, but not win it. But um, yeah, I, I I think that that's when I got hooked on just the fact that it's a collectible card game. So. Right from the get-go, you have me intrigued because I grew up like collecting sports cards, like baseball and football cards. I love them. And so now you have these things that are, you know, appealing to my nerd sensibility, but they also are of value. You have three rankings of cards. You have common cards, uncommon cards, and rare cards. And the rare cards can be worth a lot of money. And so you have that, but then you also have this competitive angle where you have to put together a deck that is going to defeat somebody else because the whole... The thing with magic is that you and your opponent both take on the role of wizards in this other world called Dominia, and you're casting spells to try to take down life points from the other person. You'd start out with 20 life points. Whoever gets the other person down to zero life points first wins that duel. So they were actually inducted into the Toy Hall of Fame earlier this year alongside the Matchbox car and the coloring book. That's wild because the coloring book is like... I mean, it's just everyone uses. That's like being and the textbook. <laughs> I would just, I would love to be at that ceremony. Like who? It's like crayons. Who? We inducted crayons <laughs> and and Magic the Gathering. <laughs> who gives the speech for coloring books? Like here to accept the award for coloring. But I did look. I just like to thank crayons. Uh, colored <laughs> pencils wouldn't be out here without you either. And yeah, so I don't know what the Toy Hall of Fame uh, inductees or ceremonies like, but I imagine it's a great time. And yeah. magic is worth that uh, not acknowledgement. In case there's some Magic the Gathering listeners who aren't OGs and they're listening and they want to um actually you for saying that there's three rarities. Mythic uh, card rarity wasn't introduced until 2008, October 3rd, 2008, with the Shards of Alara block. Woo! So now, so now there are four levels of rarity. Wow! After rare, there's Mythic rare, and of course, it was introduced to drive up sales. Yeah, but right. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, the, now there's four <laughs> levels, but back then it only was rare. 2008 was was after well after my hate. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, because they, they, they've done things like that and they introduced like foil cards that yeah. are rare cards, which is which is something that that sports card companies had done in the 90s to try to drive up those prices because yeah. well, you, you want your things to be valuable. And as somebody who has collected Magic the Gathering cards for over 25 years now, that's the huge question for me is when does this bubble burst? 
Because yeah. at some point, the apocalypse is going to happen, and nobody is going to care about Magic the Gathering cards. Dude, I've been telling you to sell your cards now. Well, it's so funny because, like, it... it it always fluctuates like the stock market. Like I think, you know, your cards past a certain point will be worth money because they're just old. But because you have game modes like uh, a legacy and you have, uh, you know, it, uh, what is it called? Commander, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, EDH. Um, and then there's which one is the other one? It's <sighs> I did a tournament for it, too. Oh, uh, Modern. Uh, so those those sets usually use older cards. So really, it's just the meta also still affects cards that you have f- from way back. You know, they're uh, exclusively collectors' items too. Like nobody in their right mind would ever play with these. And 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 it's it's interesting when you watch Magic tournaments happen now. As anytime, I, Danny, as you can attest, anytime I go to a convention like a like Comic Con or something like that. I always look for where Wizards of the Coast is set up. I always look for where the tournaments are. Just because I kind of like to check out the gameplay and just like to be around it for a little bit. But people play every match they have and all of their cards are in these protective cases. And that's how they shuffle it. Back in the day, we were just shuffling cards like we're playing Pinochle or something. And so it was just horrible for the value of the cards. Like to think that there's cards out there that are fetching north of $50,000 that mm-hmm. I was just shuffling around. It's... uh it's nuts, but hey, we were kids. We didn't know no better. You were supposed to open and play with it. Yeah, and um, smell the packs. Oh God! The, wow. Okay, this is a, a child's fresh. Cho- this, batch is of magic cards. this is family friendly. This is family friendly show. A good whiff. Uh, a little bit more about Richard Garfield, who created it. So he actually lived in Nepal. He was unable to communicate with the local kids, and he relied on games like marbles, actually, to build friendships. When he got back to the U.S., he started playing D&D, but couldn't find a rule book, so he made some up and taught his school pals. He got the idea for Magic after meeting with Peter Adkinson, uh, who was founder of the Wizard of the Coast, uh, which is a company, it's a Hasbro company, that produces Magic the Gathering. Um, but Garfield did say... Magic is closer to role-playing than any other card or board game I know of. Uh, Each player's deck is like a character. While he said it's closer to role-playing than anything else. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, that's that's, I mean, maybe back. I mean, Magic has been through so many changes, but it it essentially was like a deck-building version of role-playing games, which is why you had all these characters and elves and so on. There was a wager feature where, like, you would have to wager cards, but then then they got at risk they they were at risk of being like accused of gambling so they got rid of that feature but now magic as it stands is a lot of meta gaming which i was like always looking for because meta gaming in role playing games is always often looked at negatively because you're using like real world you know knowledge knowledge that your character that your rping ass might not have to win but meta gaming as it stands in gaming uh was there was an acronym uh which I'd never even heard of but I'm just going to take that word for it which was the uh most effective tactics available. And the reason I'm going to go with that acronym is because that's the basic way to describe what metagaming is. So lots of times, and I remember my first time hearing it was someone was telling me why they didn't like playing Magic at the card shop that I was playing at. And they said it was because they would metagame. And 
metagaming is what you pretty much need to do if you want to do tournament play. You're doing the most effective ones, and sometimes a lot of people are sharing the same ones. Some are well-known by your, like, first few moves. Everyone knows. I mean, you see it nowadays where, like, a, certain, a few cards come out and they go, oh, they're doing this deck. Yeah. And there's an element of it. I Like, I personally am not the biggest fan of it either because it just takes the creativity away from Magic the Gathering. Uh, because with one billion cards, there's so many possibilities of to build different win conditions, but everyone's just going to go with the most efficient ones so they can do tournaments, you know, hopefully. But I feel like when you're playing with friends, there's no need to metagame. Well, that's what attracted me to it is that it's is that that ideal that I can always beat any deck that I'm faced against because in a tournament setting, back in the day, it used to be three rounds. And yeah. so you would have your deck, which was probably about 60 cards, and then you had a sideboard, mm -hmm. which was 15 cards that in between uh, mm -hmm. matches you could shuffle in and out. So it's kind of like you're you're shifting your personnel. If you're trying to like look at this like it's a football game, you're Bill Belichick and you're making halftime adjustments and you're, you know, your sideboard, that's like your special teams plays. Or like in basketball, that's your out-of-bounds play. It's those little X-factor things. And I always went up against Doug's stasis lock deck, which the whole key to his deck was stifling any move you wanted to make. It was a very frustrating deck to play against because I love the land destruction deck where lands are the source of mana in Magic. So if you can't, if your opponent can't get lands out, they can't generate any mana, which is how you summon all of these other spells and things. So if you can't get land out, you're screwed. I love destroying people's lands. And then I also love getting a lot of small creatures out. If you're playing against a stasis lock deck, you are just so handcuffed from any of these maneuvers that you want to do. And so it was a very tough pill to swallow losing, but it's also like, no, you beat me because that was a strat. You used a superior strategy and I couldn't combat it. So, yeah, I think this is a good time to talk about how to play the game, uh, because I think going forward, we will be referencing that and it's just uh, easier. We'll get into that right after these messages. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles, ready for next day installation, and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do, too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu.
It took 11 years to get to the sale. The NYX anniversary sale is on now at knix.com. Celebrate the intimate apparel company that has reinvented products for real life with one of NYX's biggest sales of the year. Get 30% off all leak-proof apparel from the number one leak-proof brand in North America, including period underwear, swimwear, activewear, and more. Millions of people have made the switch to NYX leak-proof underwear, and there's never been a better time for you to try. Save 30% on super-comfortable, machine-washable, and great-looking underwear that's perfect for periods and light bladder leaks. Choose from a variety of colors, styles, and sizes, from extra small to 4XL. You can even match your leak-proof underwear with an incredibly supportive and comfortable NYX wireless bra. Don't miss this chance to stock up on your NYX favorites or try something new. It only happens once a year at NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com for the NYX anniversary sale. Hurry, the sale ends on Monday, May 13th. Go to NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com. And we're back. One thing I don't know if we actually mentioned was that because Magic was so popular, uh, Wizards of the Coast was able to buy Dungeons and Dragons. They bought the rights to it yeah. because of Magic. That's kind of fascinating. It kind of came full circle. Yeah, it's a great like right. Like he found D and D, and then he made yeah. his own thing, and then he helped a company buy the rights to D and D. That's yeah. pretty sweet. I'm just gonna buy Dungeons and Dragons. I know, <laughs> and and it's so funny because I always forget that that's the. Uh, sequence of events because wizards is so synonymous with D now that i forgot that there was a time where they did not own it it was just a gary gygax's baby but let's get into how to play uh you know this isn't going to tell you how to win but it's just going to be the <laughs> basics of the uh of the game so the the game the card game itself is broken up into uh you know three main cards uh the land cards, which Mark was talking about earlier, which is the source of mana. You get to play one land per turn, and you have to tap the land to use that mana. So if you, that's a very important aspect of the game because this is also how you can gauge where your opponent's at. If they're tapped out on your turn, which means all their mana is tapped, you know that they can't retaliate, which we'll get into once we get to the spell cards. So then you have the creature cards. The creature cards are spells that you pay mana to come out and they they just the basic of the uh, the basic of a creature card is it has a power and toughness. The power is the damage it does. The toughness is how much it can take. It doesn't take it doesn't save the damage in magic unlike Hearthstone for people who may play. It doesn't save the damage done to the card. It resets every uh every turn so if you don't destroy the card in one turn then it'll heal back up in the upkeep uh but the um but essentially the creature cards come out some of them have effects on like when they come out they'll trigger effects some of them have death that's uh hearthstone i was gonna say death rattle but some of them have effects where if they're destroyed or killed or sacrificed but mainly the main purpose of a creature card is to live on the game board and it can attack the player and the player usually starts off with 20 health 
then we have the spell cards, which can be both offensive and defensive. And these can be so many different things because you have instant spells, which can, which can be used at any point of the game. As long as you have mana available, you have sorceries, which can only be done during your main phases and enchantments, same deal, but enchantments usually affect the gameplay on the board and live on the board. And an artifact is an object that usually can uh, increase a character's abilities and it could be a creature. It can be some type of, uh, equipment that can equip to it. Sometimes it's an item that you can use to tap. It can be so many different things. Uh, but pretty much these are all the cards in the deck. One thing that this uh, list isn't mentioning is, and it's probably because these were a uh, type of card that came in later, were Planeswalker cards. And when Planeswalker cards came, it shifted the game a bit. Usually at the time when Planeswalker cards were introduced, all the removal spells uh, usually refer to either creature or player or artifact, but there wasn't there weren't any spell cards that referred to planeswalkers. So that means you couldn't use re creature removal because that's a planeswalker, not a creature. You couldn't use a uh, a player because it isn't a player. And uh, and I if I remember correctly, I'll double check. But you also like because I think it technically wasn't a permanent. You weren't able to use that. And this is very important. Magic is the game where all the people who yell them actually and are pedants online <laughs> thrive. No. Yeah, it is. The, it's built for them because magic is a game that is so malleable that you need judges there because it's all de it it all depends on the the language of the card. This game is perfect for lawyers. The language of the card, it's there's a lot of challenges yeah. for, that, that can happen. For example, you might have a spell where uh or an enchantment out that's living on the board that says every uh every turn at the beginning of your upkeep, you may receive one life. Because the language says you may receive one life, a player can try and ping you if you don't declare that you receive one life because there is an option to not take one life. It's a lot of those like, like if you don't get a receipt, your meal is free. Yeah, exactly. Like, ah, that, yeah. If we don't greet you with a smile, yeah, you every, get a free taco. Well, every organized magic event that I've got to, I've always almost beat someone up. <laughs> Everyone. Like because it's there's not, even things to do during your turn where it's like you have to untap yeah. all your and when you're just playing casually amongst friends and especially if you're newer to the game it's like oh yeah I drew a card but I forgot to untap my stuff it's like yeah. we know there's an untap phase before it, that but it, but in technical tournament play if you don't execute in the correct order you're screwed and nine times out of ten your opponent won't get nitpicky until they start to lose and that's what will <laughs> drive you because if you're like that the whole game I don't mind but when you start to lose and then now I'm literally watching you trying to come up with some reason mm -hmm. to win to me you're cheating now because there's you're not trying to play the game right you just realize you can't beat me on the board so now you're trying to search for anything you're just I'll extending go, this through litigation yeah exactly I think the first instance was I was at the Grand Prix doing Modern Masters, had a okay deck. It was mass. I mean, it was modern. Modern is not my format of choice. I was just doing it for fun. I was out there. This one was the most nitpicky. In, in a general Grand Prix large tournament, you usually have about 15 minutes to make it to your opponent. Uh, and the 
the like it's it's a huge convention center with thousands of tables and match up and you have to like look at the, your sheet to know where you're matched up but anyway i think it took me maybe five maybe even 10 minutes even if i went 10 that still meant i had five minutes and when i got there the guy's like oh i'm gonna call a judge you took too long to get here the judge was like no he didn't play on anyway long story short he I beat him first round. He beats me second round. Uh, and I'm against the, against the wall, literally about to lose this match. And what happened was I'm like, I need a removal. He had a big worm. He had one of those worms that grow every turn. I was like, I need some way to get rid of it. And I was like, Oh, I have an O ring. And I was like, wait, I don't have any white cards. What happened was he O-ringed one of my cards and I accidentally shuffled it into my deck. So it was a double disqualification Mm. because I had an unauthorized card in my deck and he had uh, not enough cards to uh, play with. Judges are working overtime. Yeah, and he was talking all types of smack being like I sh- I knew I shouldn't have took that match and I was like what are you talking about you had to you 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 were not you didn't do a charity you had to take that match but it's like it's it truly there are some players where there's a wire loose and they just think <laughs> that they it's just crazy the second time was at Emerald City Comic Con and I hope you listening cuz I'm still I'm still <laughs> riled up about this um, same thing. Um, this one was a little wilder because it was one of those like shop sh- sanctioned matches. And uh, he w- had me against the corner. Then I put out a card that he couldn't handle. And I started beating him. And he was just looking. He was like, wait, that card isn't in the set. And uh, and he was right. It was like literally a day before it rotated out. But the organizer was like, yo, yeah, no, we set that because we ran out of cards. We were just running it. And he and he was like, well, you could get into a lot of trouble for this. And the guy's like, no, I'm a judge. I, I like I like there's no reason. And he was like, I can report you. He was like, no, you you can't. And he caused he really threw a tantrum until like him and the like organizer like went went over and they were sitting for like 15 minutes. I'm standing in front of this place set. And then, uh, and then they agreed to give him like s- some amount of cards that made him happy. And then he came and sat down. He's like, "Okay, let's." Pl-. I'm like, "Why do you think I want to play with you anymore? Like, you, you, you just did all that." But it's like that is the player base. It's a, it's, it, it's an interesting game because it it attracts a lot of different types of people. It, it attracts people who have never played organized sports in their life. Yeah, and it also, and 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 it's not that you should or shouldn't play sports, but it's. If you have played sports a lot, you just there's something in your brain that 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 acknowledges these little minutia of rules and regulations and what is fair play and what is a play on. And when you come to Magic and if you don't have that or if you're playing against somebody who has a different level of that than you do, then it can the wires can get crossed and and nerves can get frayed very easily. But the most fun thing about Magic to me is that. You really can make the deck based on your personality. Oh, yeah. What you feel like, because there's five colors mm-hmm. in Magic. Yes. There, there's five colors of mana. There's white, there's black, Plains, green, red. Swamp. And, and Mountains. And blue. Yeah, right. Ocean. And um, green is uh, forest. Yeah. Yeah. And they each have their own like, little personality. personality. So like green is very of nature and like things... Coming lots of growth from the ground, lots of rebirth. Mm-hmm. You can you, lots of 
lots of uh, like health plays, lots of drawing mana. If you want a mana ramp, which means you're like trying to garner as much mana in a short time, green usually is that route. Black is death, very necrotic, lots of card removal, lots of card kill spells. Some vampires in vampires, there. Vampires, <laughs> neg, neg, you know, just able to just disable a lot of cards with negative one, negative one damage. Uh, fire is flame, quick. It's a lot of uh, um, high momentum, quick rush damage. deaths, quick damage. Usually those are the aggro decks, which, you know, you are trying to kill you in as few turns as possible. Those were really fun to play. Yeah. Those were really fun oh, yeah. to play. See, good people play red and green. Then the blues. Blue. <laughs> if you're a bad person, if you play blue, uh, you, you're you're a, you're manipulative. Wow. You are vindictive. Uh, blue is a is is the is the <laughs> it's the wet blanket of the party. It's the hey, we're all having a good time, and then and then then the lights flash on and off because the cops are here to break it. Yeah. up. that's what a blue deck is. Yeah, the the blue deck pl- does a lot of like card control, a lot of mill, which means because you start with uh, most uh, standard formats, have you start with sixty cards. If you run out of cards, you lose the game. So mill are decks that will just remove cards from your library deck so that you can cl- be closer to that uh l- l- yeah lose a lot of rejection like yeah. every time you're playing against Counters. a blue deck you try to play a cool creature oh i'm so excited about this card. The card and blue says that creature is going right to the graveyard yeah just all types of any type of deception blue if you're playing against someone with a blue deck always watch how much mana they have open you might as well not even summon a creature if they have all that mana open because they probably have a counter waiting for you. You got to misdirect them somehow, and 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 with with white decks, it's usually a lot of justice. smaller creatures and yeah, justice. A yeah. lot of uh, lockdown cards. Uh, pacifism was a big one, which it's an enchantment that you use on an opponent that makes it so they can't attack or defend. O rings, which was. Uh, the, my my favorite card. You banish a card uh, unless the enchantment is removed. Uh, yeah, lots of lots of stuff like that for right and justice. Uh, life, lots of life gain, life link, which is a feature on a card where the damage you deal is how much you get in life. Yeah, and so yeah, I think like Mark said, you can. It's a lot of personality in the cards you play, and you can play many different styles. Some people popular combos are red and green. Uh, you know, mana ramp with heavy aggro, uh, you know, white and blue. Uh, That's you your really... stasis lock deck. Yeah. I, I used to love the uh, I used to love the green black. Oh, yeah. Because you had all this mana and it was being used to summon the dead. And yeah. they would come attack you and you'd have some really dark spells in there. I loved uh, white and green Ooh, because yeah. white and green. Again, you're just pumping so much mana into this and then. You just kind of set up. It's almost like you're setting up a safety fence around you, like a protective force field, and then you can eventually get creatures out that will destroy your wizard opponent. And that's just the kind of stuff that you look forward to is when you get like a rare card and you're so excited to get it out and summon yeah. it, and and you know that that everything is right, and and your opponent's tapped out. There's nothing to do about it, and boom. Oh, Here yeah. comes that big creature card, and you just see the look on their face, <laughs> and they're just like, "Oh god!" Like yeah. they know what just happened. Oh yeah, even before you even see the card, whenever you see someone just tapping a lot of mana, you just are like, "Okay, what's about to happen?" But uh, I wanted to get into some of the lore, yeah, if that's okay, the game lore. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So at first when it came out, there actually wasn't much of a storyline. Yeah. It wasn't until 1996 when the Mirage set was released that the storytelling element expanded into full stories and told mostly through the cards themselves. The fan reaction was mixed, as I imagine things mm-hmm. are, especially when you change anything. It kind of like, whether it's good or bad, it always kind of like startles fans. Uh, and Wizard has since adjusted how the stories and cards relate. The first of these card stories was the Weatherlight Saga, which to me is just funny. It just reminds me of Skywalker but like different, <laughs> like a thesaurus, uh, a hero's journey starring Sise. Is that? Sure. Did I say? Okay. Captain of the Weatherlight Skyship. Wow. This sounds very familiar. I fly the Allow- Weatherlight. Allowed for multiple locations in the story, as well as a wide variety of creature interactions. This saga lasted into, until 2001. Then, uh, and uh, in Magic the Gathering, players are planeswalkers, which was what Ify was talking about Uh, These creatures are special. They can travel the multiverse with ease. As the storyline via novels has developed, I forgot that the novels come into play to kind of back up this story. The most beloved, revered, and feared characters enter the game with their own cards. Senior Magic the Gathering game designer Gavin Verhey said, all of our worlds are inspired by something like Star Wars. We have... I'm just kidding. Don't don't tweet at me. It just sounded like it. We have uh, Star Wars was inspired by Flash Gordon and Joseph Campbell. No, it's just cute that they have a weatherlight sky like a skyship, whatever. It doesn't matter. All of these all of these things are influenced by each other. Um I'm Barnabas Weatherlight. I'm here to rescue you. <laughs> Anakin Weatherlight. We have Theros, which is a Greek-inspired word. We have Innistrad, which is a Victorian horror-inspired world. And those are two worlds you will get totally different cards out of. Uh, Beverly Marshall Sailing, the company's executive editor, entered the company with a unique job in 1994. She would edit the rules for clarity. Well, that I'm going to stop making fun of things. Um, no, you, it, you, you need <laughs> simplification with this game. No, that's true. She would edit the rules for clarity and to choose. I just can't imagine that job, like having to read over all of the. But I guess that's what my lawyer does. So never mind. She would edit the rules for clarity <laughs> and to choose the quotations that lent the cards its fantasy flavor. So Saline worked with Jesper Mifros, uh, Magic's first art director, to make sure the hypersexualization, I did not know this was happening, yep. and extreme mm-hmm. whiteness of fantasy popularized in Western culture didn't take over their community. That's actually really cool. Yep. Yeah, it Jesper was Sa- Mirfors was a, he's, he's one of the, he, he's he's like one of those, there's a few, like like Douglas Shore is another one that's really good that, that, that I remember offhand as far as doing these really cool unique styles of art on each card and then they would also be inspired by you know you you could see the inspiration of other things like going back to your point danny about like how everything's inspired by something else like you could you can sense like some lord of the rings inspiration and totally a, a tiny bit of of star wars but it's more so just like these the, these kind of fairy tales yeah that of course have come to life yeah this, this is form. more mythical and mystical than right right than um our star Soap opera. It was Sailing who actually encouraged the development of the Arabian Nights deck. So that's really cool. So Sailing actually, in an interview uh, with the New Yorker, drew said that she drew from her own experiences playing fantasy role playing games. This is quote: They'd say stupid stuff like, "Oh, you, you know, the girl characters have to make sure that they don't get their periods because the monsters will smell the blood," or "Oh, you're here because your boyfriend plays." And it's like, how do you know he's not here because I play? You tell them, Beverly. Damn right, Bev. 
uh, so this is Adkinson said Beverly really trained me on a lot of these topics right from the very first game we made you had different ethnicities and both genders represented in the example text so Beverly actually really really like changed and helped grow this community make sure there was representation and magic and it, it might have been one of the smartest hires that you'll have in collectible card game history because she came in at a point that was so early on in the game like it was pretty much still in its infancy and so you didn't have all of this backlog of either male dominated or you know gender or race bias kind of card point because there was there was the there they had the cognizance to say no early on we we don't want this kind of thing in our game we want it to feel equal and it's a smart it's a smart thing to do not only because a lot of kids are playing it and they're very impressionable but it's also because look you have five different colors that are represented and you're a wizard you can choose whatever you want and so it makes sense to have a smorgasbord of of options at your hands and I think that. A lot of the the values and lessons that are encouraged by Magic the Gathering, our society would be better off if more people took the time to at least invest themselves and just at least give it a shot. Because not only is it a great escapism for a little bit, but it's one of those great mythical tales where you can apply a lot of that to your everyday life. And I think it'll be of benefit. I think also, yeah, the one just to take that and run with it is... uh, Applying it to your life, it's very interesting because if you look at Magic the Gathering, if you're like a kid picking up, you you know, uh, we never got to this, but there's uh, there's the main modes of play are going to be standard, which is a deck that you build of 60 cards with the sideboard. Then you have sealed deck tournaments where you receive six booster packs to build that deck. That's usually going to be only uh, 40 Booster drafts, which is even more intense, which is a fun one that I like to play, where you everyone opens a pack each, picks a card, and pass it down, and you're drafting cards as they go. Um, and the common format is the one that's usually in the current quote unquote rotation, which is the pass usually the past two blocks of the past. Uh, two, three years. Sometimes it'll be three. It fluctuates. Magic changes it for balancing. And then modern is all the cards from all core sets, beginning with the eight edition core set. I say all that to say, typically, you know, going in, at least when I first started playing in high school, I just thought you just bought cards, pick the best ones and go. But really it's about gaming the system, right? So you can have up to four of the same card in your sets, unless it's a legendary, then you can only have one of those. Oh, no, no, no. You can have four. You just, just can only have one on the board. So the fun of that is like the idea of like, yeah, you know, play by the rules, but you also have to game it a bit. You also have to uh, create more chances to get the cards you need to achieve your win condition. So keep more irons in the fire so that you have more chances to pull out a winner. And it fosters interaction with other players. Like you're literally building social skills because if I have a card that Danny needs and Danny has two cards that I really like it, you're brokering trades. It's the art of oh, yeah. the deal. And, and, and it's about sitting down and, and trying to see what is, what is the best thing for my deck right now and then maybe you evolve and you want to play another style. But like in the very early days of Magic, it kind of had that knock on it that it was just a rich kid's game. Yeah. Because of what you were saying, if you were, it's like, you know, if you had all the money in the world, you could just go out and buy a Black mm-hmm. Lotus. You could buy all these Moxes. And just you like just Kaiba and Yu-Gi-Oh. Stack your deck. And and for kids, they, they, they can't do that. Either you learn how to be very savvy with trading them mm-hmm. or you just figure out a strategy that can beat 
the the people who have the Willy Wonka, yeah. you know, Father, I want a Black Lotus. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that's where b- the term budget decks come from. Because right now, a tournament-ready standard deck can run you two, $300. And if we're talking about where you're trying to go pro, you're going to add another couple more hundreds mm-hmm. to that. But, you know, if you're just looking to play for fun, Friday Night Magic is such a big thing now where every Friday at most local comic book shops, it'll be a magic tournament, sometimes a draft, sometimes standard. If you're new and you just want to try it out, I suggest a draft because it's, you know, you open the cards. And the reason I like drafts is... It takes out that element because in standard is where you have to worry about daddy Warbucks buying his son all the best cards. <laughs> but in draft, everyone's on an equal playing field. It's all the luck of the draw and how well you can like build a deck with whatever you're, you you pull out. Yeah. So I made I made a deal with my parents um, one summer where and my parents never thought I'd be able to pull this off. But I said, look, if you all float me. A couple hundred bucks right now, then I'll, I'll, you know, earn it off the rest of the summer mowing lawns and doing whatever I have to do. I'm going to take that money and I'm going to invest it into Magic the Gathering because the sports card mentality that I have, I'm like, these cards are going to be worth something. They're going to be worth a lot more than they're worth now. So I'm going to buy these like five, six boxes. I'm going to keep them unopened and I'm going to save them up. And so that's what I did. And my parents thought I was going to get those cards and open them immediately. Still have them still unopened. They're worth a fortune. Ooh. Yeah, and so you should sell them. They're in a safe storage facility. <laughs> to quote the end of Raiders of the Lost I'm Ark, the worst yeah. friend. Being looked I'm after like by constantly telling men. Mark. Uh, you we- literally told me to, to sell my cards to, so I could go to Hawaii. Yeah, I did. Uh, we have to take a really quick break. Then we're going to hop back into a little bit more about magic and then the future of magic right after this. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. It took 11 years to get to the sale. The NYX anniversary sale is on now at knix.com. Celebrate the intimate apparel company that has reinvented products for real life with one of NYX's biggest sales of the year. Get 30% off all leak-proof apparel from the number one leak-proof brand in North America, including period underwear, swimwear, activewear, and more. 
Millions of people have made the switch to Nick sleek-proof underwear, and there's never been a better time for you to try. Save 30% on super-comfortable, machine-washable, and great-looking underwear that's perfect for periods and light bladder leaks. Choose from a variety of colors, styles, and sizes, from extra small to 4XL. You can even match your leak-proof underwear with an incredibly supportive and comfortable NYX wireless bra. Don't miss this chance to stock up on your NYX favorites or try something new. It only happens once a year at NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com for the NYX anniversary sale. Hurry, the sale ends on Monday, May 13th. Go to NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com. And we're back. One thing that I did want to say is that they're trying to expand their inclusion in the LGBTQ community. So in 2013, Wizards of the Coast debuted their first nine non-binary planeswalker. Uh, two years later, Alicia, their first explicitly trans character, arrived with the description, she who smiles at death. Want that? tattooed on me um and then earlier this year autumn burchett became the first trans non-binary individual to win the mythic championship wow yeah magic the gathering uh you know they're the creators have been kind of pushing for this and it's funny because as with any nerd property trying to be progressive and inclusive it's caused for a lot of just whack jobs online to be mad about it and like they're there and i'm i can't talk about magic without talking about this but there's like an oddly strong question mark but definitely a solid base of far-right magic youtubers like they're like really like, yeah I, I i wish i didn't know this but through like make dominia great again essentially <laughs> but through like friends of friends and following the drama wormholes within the community there are like a couple of folks in uh, in the magic the gathering community that are far right very and and uses that blade and it's caused a lot of drama and they're and of course they're like accusing magic the gathering of trying to silence them and it's a whole deal that, i mean we talk about this so much but it literally doesn't make sense like you have like spells and magic and like these mythical beasts like why wouldn't you have people of color and like people that aren't just necessarily one gender and people like you can it's a fantasy world you can have anything well, you want why I've, would you be so singular in your thought process well i and when we first brought it up i wanted to highlight this but i definitely want to highlight this now more than ever which is a lot of times the defense that are used in fantasy is that it's like because it's in the 18th century or whatever whatever and if you believe that's the case i need you to go to medieval poc on twitter and tumblr where that person is documenting art from the era that is featuring people of color, not in slave positions in like noble, noble pictures being depicted, which is honest to God proof that not only did people of color exist back then, but were in places of nobility. But there's a huge whitewashing of history that has been gotten away. There's been erasure. And one thing I do love about where we are in nerddom right now is that we're working to remove that erasure. The fact that Watchmen is talking about the Tulsa bombing. Nobody knows about the bombing of Black Wall Street. So many black people had to grow up with people being like, well, I don't know why black people never pick themselves up after slavery and yada, yada, yada. And no one knows that when they tried to do it, they were murdered in cold blood in mass. It was a massacre 
And they and there's many more cases like that. Many more cases where affluent black neighborhoods were burned to the ground, not by not just by the KKK, but by government institutions, because I mean, even even the movies we do get show you this, that a lot of people under those hoods had jobs working for the city, working as mayor, working as the police. I was just going to say it's also wild because I'm literally looking at this magic card of a lion man. Yeah. So like you're having a problem with it being a person of color and saying that's not realistic for that time. But this lion half lion half Johnny person. Johnny is his name. First off. A Johnny Goldmane. Yep. I love that. Oh, my gosh, so cute. In magic, I prefer my lines to be white. Well, he is <laughs> my, white. My, but yeah. These are white I'm like, lines. I'm looking at these people that literally have horns yeah. coming isn't, out of their head. Isn't it it's amazing not, that like you can. And But I think that's why it's so important to preserve you know uh, diversity in games like this is because like if what you were talking about with Watchmen it's like stuff like that is literally changing hopefully the way that history is taught to kids oh yeah and it expands to not just have this one version of history that has been told and so to see that in something like magic where yes it's his fantasy game but it also it can be a fantasy game for everybody. It's not just for one group of people yeah. that can that can enjoy this style of play. It's it's, oh, yeah. it's hopefully made for everyone. I know exactly, and it's a level playing field for everyone. Yeah, but it's it is time for that change. You know, you have history of oppression condensed to a chapter, hundreds of years of oppression, and that's just black people. That's not even beginning to talk about Native Americans. The native Mexicans who were living on parts of the U.S. that were pushed out. All that stuff that's kind of brushed away because that is a lot of hard work because you don't know. Because that is like on the the one to 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 give some other in, the insight to what they have. It's hard to know what to do with that information because if you when you when you have that idea of like, OK, well, what do I do? You know, I'm on stolen land. Uh, built on the backs of other people. What do I do? And and honestly, the first step of anything, we you know, we're not asking you to you know talk to Doc, get a time machine, and and prevent slavery. It's just acknowledging it and knowing the privilege that comes with the foundations of a com- uh, country being built like that. And I think not invalid because like I I think you you all saw last week I talked about Latina Equal Pay Day um, that we make half almost half of what a white man makes uh, and people were just so invalidating it. Yeah. Like that to me was wild. Not only that that happens to us, but that people will deny that it's happening. Like, at least I could understand people being like, yeah, that sucks. But like people actively tweeting at me, like you're, you're wrong. Actually, that's not true. And being like, literally Google it, like look up all of the stats, you know, and it's just so invalidating. Well, nowadays it's just too easy to Google what you want to believe and then have like some fringe site that did little to no, you know, research, but just saying like, yep, no, no, that's not true. Based on this, like, I'll never, oh, I'm gonna have to come. I had to, who's that? Uh, oh man, I, I usually don't, but I'm still, I'd like, I think about this a lot and I'm still mad. Is it Brandon Schaub? Who's the fighter? He hangs out. Uh, Brendan Schaub. Yeah. yeah, Brendan Schaub. He posted. Canadian, yeah. Yeah, he posted on, uh, after doing the show with Joe Rogan about, he was like, when you when you change the numbers of 
kills to require mass shooting. It doesn't look like all white men. It looks different. And it's like, yeah, when you change the definition of mass shootings, right. yeah, it doesn't. Yeah, dude. Like, and I had to unfollow him. I was like, this, this is such a whack take. Oh my god. And I like him so much. He's nice. He can probably kick my ass, but like, I'll go toe to toe with you on that every day. Like, I'm never gonna let BS pass just because I think you're funny. So what I'm hearing from y'all is that maybe Twitter. Would be better. Oh my gosh! If Mark, we had no. Magic the Gathering judges, Mark. wait, I just need to say one more thing. I just had to say one more thing so people don't tweet at me. Um, when I said Latina equal payday, that we get paid almost half. Uh, that's for equal experience, equal work, uh, equal education. Right. So like, it's not like me comparing myself to like, hey, I had I was on the show with Kevin Smith. He's yeah. been in the business longer than me. I don't expect to get paid the same as him. It's saying the same experience, same education, same amount of work. And it's not just Danny uh, saying it. It's it's if and I agreeing with her yeah. on her point. Anyway, correct and and you don't need her or any of us to supply you with the statistics because again, you're already on the f- they're already you on the have internet. A device that's magic <laughs> that's in your phone. Magic. So talking about the um yeah, I just want to go. go over the important cards uh real quick. So we have Black Lotus, the all-time which yeah. goat. can go up for 16k. Yep. Uh, uh, someone was trying to sell it on eBay for 24k. Somebody was trying to sell it on eBay um for there it was a mint condition because like all these cards are graded now oh you like have them actually graded which again started with sports cards where it's like well what's mint near mint and then there's like this service that will actually grade it and a mint graded black lotus was online going for a hundred and fifty thousand dollars keep in mind this is a card that i used to own and play with and i i sold mine for uh i can't remember how i got mine but i sold mine for $500 and I lived like a king. Um, I wish I still had it. I don't, but it's the most powerful card in Magic. Uh, you get three colorless mana just by sacrificing. It's an artifact, costs nothing to put out, so you can literally put it out on your first turn. And it might not even be colorless, maybe mana of any color, I think is what it was. So I could summon a ball lightning on my first turn. And it's a very powerful card. And my God, that could pay for. That that could pay my rent for a long time. <laughs> it looks like Tropical Islands uh, is going for thirty seven k. Tropical Island is a dual land, so in third edition revised, um, and I believe Unlimited might have, might have pioneered this too. Is that so? When we were talking about lands, which is what how you get your mana, uh, your land is the most common card in Magic, where you have a swamp, a plain, whatever it is. When you tap it, you can get that color of mana. You can get black mana from a swamp. Dual lands like a Tropical Island. It's you can get a blue you can get blue man or you can get green mana from it. So and and there's all these dual lands for every for every kind. There's like Tega that will it's either red or green. So those became very valuable and those individually in mint condition those can fetch you uh, upwards of five maybe six hundred dollars a card. Uh, then we have Mox Sapphire of the Power Nine that's going for twenty four k. Yeah, the Moxes are. And it's th- now banned from regulation play. Yeah, yeah. A lot of these cards are, but that's also the thing that scares me about these cards and their value because it's like, well, are they? Is the value going to keep going up because you can't play with them? Is it? It's strictly a collector's item at this point. But man, what it? What a valuable artifact! It's not quite as powerful as Black Lotus, but the Moxes. It's pretty much like another land that you get, and if you can put that out on a turn. Where we put out a land card, you have such a leg up on your opponent. Um, I own a Mox Sapphire, which is the green. No, I own a Mox Emerald, which is the green one, and that will fetch. You know, I've seen on eBay anywhere from twenty five to under to three k, something like that. Yeah, 
Well, yeah, I went back and saw the last few cards I sold on eBay just to see how much I sold them for. And I sold a polluted Delta from Battle of Zendikar for 177 bucks. Wow. I sold a Godless Shrine, which was also from Zendikar, for 56 bucks. And this one was uh, was this dope. I someone sent me a revised edition pack, and I opened it. Yeah, and there was a Tundra card on there. That's the, that's one hundred and forty yeah. bucks. Yeah. That's great. That's a, that's a good. One. You know what Tundras are though. That's what make the Stasis Lock deck possible. Oh, it's, it's it's white and blue. <laughs> bring so it back. Bring I it am, back. Old I'm memories. Anti tank. <laughs> yeah. Um, one thing I did want to say is uh, the future of magic. We actually have the Russo brothers announced at this yeah. past Comic Con. They're making a Magic the Gathering animated TV show for Netflix. This yeah. is how you do it, man. You know, it's an animated project with the potential to spin off into live action, said Joe Russo, because of course it is. Um, that's what a lot of things are now. Everything is both animated and live action. I look at this um, probably like y'all look at DBZ too, where it started out as this hugely popular property that now it has so many fans that if it were to ever transition into live action, there's almost no way to do it justice. But I'd be very interested. So I'm very interested in to see what this animated Magic the Gathering series is and where it could go. Um, but I think, you know, them partnering with Netflix, I think, um, hey, you, you ain't getting that on Disney+. Plus. Uh, so Magic interesting on a digital scale because everyone's like oh paper cards on a digital scale has been interesting because there's been magic the gathering online which is not going anywhere too much money is invested in it people trade cards on magic the gathering cards the same way they do paper cards but they've always been trying to get a hearthstone level digital platform going they had one back in the day uh, uh i forgot what was it duels and many others that didn't really hit and everyone was supposed to replace magic the gathering online but they finally struck gold with releasing Magic the Gathering Arena, which has introduced a whole new range of people to the game, and it's uh, it's free to just try, so if you want to, you should check it out, and it's really fun, and the esports community for that game is growing. Our good friend Becca Scott uh, from Geek and Sundry Days is actually a commentator on the uh, pro games, so I think Magic is only going to grow more and more, and it's going to be interesting to see the place that it goes now that it's uh, has this kind of digital landscape that it's going to go through. And what is that bubble like for those old cards? When when do you sell? When, when do you say, okay, this is the best it's ever going to be, and I'm going to unload all these cards, or maybe I'm such a nostalgia whore that I just keep them all for all time. Yeah. I don't know. We'll find out. Mark, where can everyone find you? Uh, you can find me selling my Magic the Gathering cards on the street corner. Um, and you can find me uh, walking Molly when Danny is cool with it. And you can find me on YouTube with my new special, Dog Stepfather. Uh, it's at All Things Comedy's YouTube channel. It's free to watch and enjoy over and over again. Thank you all, everybody who has uh, watched and supported it. It's, it's been overwhelming, and I really appreciate y'all. And I appreciate you, Danny. And I appreciate you, Iffy. Oh. And someday down the road, you'll and I will have a long sit down at a table, at a very long table. And it's going to be you and your shoe collection <laughs> and me and my Magic the Gathering collection. And we're just going to see what we can maneuver. Yeah. Wait, what am I there for? You're brokering yeah. the deal You're just like, between what? Iffy and I. We have collectibles that we might want from each other. <laughs> so you have to make sure it's fair and that Iffy doesn't, you know, 
beat me up. <laughs> he's, I'm he's at Ms. Danny me. Fernandez on all the things. Please watch me on the CW this Sunday. Yay. It's after Supergirl. Me and Kevin Smith have a bunch of guests planned that you're going to love and uh, some iconic ones. Uh, and then also I will be back on the CW Tuesday, like two nights after that, after The Flash. We're we're crashing in slash crying about crisis slash laughing. I don't know. Whatever happens that night, who knows? You're going to have a good week. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Can you can you tease any of the, the iconic guests? I don't think so. Wow. Okay. No, I don't know if they've announced it. People got to tune in? Yeah, people have to tune in. But there's going to be people from like other DC properties that are... That's exciting. I- yeah. Iconic. Okay. That's all I can say. And if you wadi way on Twitter and Instagram, if D's on Twitch, Discord is discord.gg forward slash salt squad. And of course, the T Public, tpublic.com forward slash nerdificent Christmas is coming up. Buy your family nerdificent gear. And like we always say, stay nerdy. Stay nerdy. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. What's up, y'all? Janice Torres here. And I'm Austin Hankwitz. We're the hosts of Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories, a podcast presented by iHeartRadio's Ruby Studios and Intuit QuickBooks. Join us as we speak with small business owners about the tools they use to turn their ideas into success. From finding that initial spark of entrepreneurship to organizing payments and invoices, we've got you covered. So follow and listen to Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts.